Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the Believe Podcast Network, SoCal Sweat. My name is Ann McDaniels, a former NFL cheerleader and product manager turned actress and model who dreams of being a UFC fighter. Yow. Learning strategies to help motivate others leads me to bring you interviews each week from a range of athletes, experts in fitness and nutrition, and so much more. Thanks for listening to Believe, the number one podcast for working professionals. And let's push our endorphins to higher performance through SoCal Sweat. This is your host, Amy Daniels, and thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Believe SoCal Sweat. Today, we're going to be entering the danger zone, prison. Prison workouts, diets, and famous last meals. There are excellent documentaries out there, movies and TV shows all about prison, and we seem to be very fascinated by it. I know that my sister loves love after lockup, and that's a whole other regime of the prison scene, but the popularity of Wentworth, Orange is the New Black, Prison Break, and then two fantastic movies that I love are Shawshank Redemption and The Green Mile. My personal favorite is The World's Most Dangerous Prisons like those in Siberia, some of the Asian countries. Super fascinating and very violent. Scary. Although ridiculous, I've heard people say, oh, people in jail have it made. Well, I'm sure that they really don't have it made, but what people are saying is that they don't have to struggle with a 60-minute commute, round trip. They don't have to battle traffic. They don't have to go to a 9-to-5 job that they hate. There's less stressors, but the stressors are different, of course. And again, when people say they've had it made, they really don't. But there is a lot of free time, and that's what people, you know, in America and all over the world struggle to find. So with this free time, a lot of prisoners find that time to gain their GED, earn a high school diploma, learn a new skill, like how to to cook or speak Spanish or any other language. And... A lot of them read many, many books, and most jails have libraries, which is great. One person became an attorney. This actually happened. And speaking of law, many prisoners will read into the law and figure out their own cases and help their lawyers figure out how to get them out or prove that they actually are innocent so they can get the intricacies of the law down to make them more intelligent on their own cases. Otherwise, prisoners incessantly play cards, watch TV, again, work out, or just seek any educational programs they can in the system, and work. That's always a very good thing to take your mind off things. Some jails even allow the prisoners to make crafts, handicrafts, that they can actually sell. I do have a friend, a very dear friend, that was in prison for about seven years. Number one, he lost a ton of weight, Number two, he actually fought cancer while in prison. And number three, he entered jail in thinking, I'm going to work as much as I can. A lot of things are based on trading, and the more networking you do within the prison, the better um, to gain friends. So he worked at the police shooting range, so he would pick up shells and bullets. He also worked as as a janitor, and he also worked in the cafeteria. So he was able to trade bullet shells for ramen noodles and, and, and sodium packets for soy packets. I mean, there was just so many things that he was able to do. And he got to know a lot of people, a lot of prisoners in all the different buildings. 
And since he was there for seven years, he was exposed to a lot of the Latin gang members. And he's American, but he speaks fluent Spanish. So he was able to help about 50 Latin gang members get their GED and help them with English. So when he left prison seven years later, he literally had about, I don't know, how many, just countless families and family members of these gang members shaking his hand because he'd really helped these other prisoners while in jail. But he also spent that time writing poetry, writing a book, trying to gain credits towards his masters. He entered prison like it was a job. So it's very interesting. But the big one with free time, and this is something that I would do, I would definitely be as well read as possible, but I would get jacked. I would be in the best shape of my life. And this is what this podcast is about. It's the prison workouts and the prison diets. And these prisoners are so creative with their training, with their diets, with the way they can sell and trade and buy things. Anybody who's watched a prison movie or any documentary can definitely see that. And all the conjugal visits and everything like that, yes, they get very creative, but we won't go into that section. That will be another podcast. Now, on the hardcore workouts, which so many prisoners, as you can see, are just absolutely jacked, they don't have the luxury of the equipment that we have when we're not in prison. They can't do 100-meter sprints unless they have a big yard. They can't do Olympic barbell lifting. In fact, I think some of the California prisons took out some of the weight equipment because it got too dangerous. But please don't quote me on that. I'm still looking into that research. They can't do medicine ball slams. They can't do 50-meter sled pushes, and the bunk bed certainly doesn't count. And they can't sit there and show off on Instagram, although I do think that some of them are able to have cell phones. So they have to be extremely creative. And famous UK prisoner, and he is still known today as the most violent prisoner in the British system, in the British jail system. His name is Charles Bronson, and he wrote the book Solitary Fitness. And to this day, he is still known as the most jacked, most dangerous, and most violent prisoner in the British prison system. In fact, the movie Bronson was played by Tom Hardy, and it was a movie all about Charles Bronson. So I highly recommend the book Solitary Fitness. It's all about the prison workouts that he came up with. And just a few things on him. He still holds all the records in the British system. He was up to 2,000 push-ups in an hour. And what he recommends is anybody who's trying to increase their push-ups is just to start with 10 per day. Do 10 per day for a while, and when you feel more comfortable, add five each day. And you too can do 2,000 in an hour. But really, it's incremental, and you get stronger each day. So that was one of his number one things that he did. He did a lot of dips. And every time he did these exercises that I'm gonna mention, he does three sets of 10. And he does them very, very slowly, methodically, and with perfect form. And with that, as we know, for anybody who works out, you can rush through a workout and you can do 25 reps if you want to. But if you're not doing slow, concentric concentration and really doing proper form, you're really not doing yourself justice. So Charles Bronson of the Solitary Fitness book, World's Most Dangerous Prisoner in the British UK system, did three sets of 10, very slowly, very methodically, up to 2,000 push-ups per day. So he did three sets of 10 of dips, step-ups, sit-ups, and this is a funny one, butt clenches to fatigue or to failure. 
So he would put a garbage bag in his butt crack, in his anal cavity, not all the way up there, but it would be full of, you know, heavy, anything heavy that he could put in that garbage bag. And he would hold that in his glutes and tighten that butt and tighten the glutes, gluteus maximus, gluteus minimus, gluteus medius, and clench that into failure. Obviously, it created rock-hard glutes, but he would never have to worry about dropping his soap because nobody would even be able to enter that region. So it was kind of a twofold, you know, good idea there. But he was rock-hard in every way, shape, and form of his body and muscularity. And again, he recommended 10 push-ups per day, and when you feel up to it, add five each day, and you can be up to 2,000 push-ups per hour. Charles Bronson also added other exercises to his daily regime, and that would be three sets of 10 of the press-ups, squats, squat thrusts, burpees, star jumps, and those step-ups that I mentioned before. He would do all of them to exhaustion. Yet another thing he would do, and this is we have resistance bands today, but he would take a towel or a t-shirt and he would hold the towel shoulder width apart out in front of him. And he would push out with his delts and contract his back muscles. And if you try this, it works amazingly well and those rear delts will tighten up so quickly. So again, put your arms out in front of you, stretch out in front of you, shoulder width apart. Put a towel or a t-shirt in your hands and put and pull back, pull back really hard, squeezing those shoulder muscles together. And I guarantee you will get a workout. And another thing that he suggested, besides the sit-ups for ab work, and I thought this was fantastic, and also for cardio, but make sure that you watch your dizziness. He would sit in a chair and wear some kind of a hat, like a baseball hat, something like that, and then he would put a piece of paper or anything that would showcase just wind movement. He would tape it to that hat so the paper was right in front of his face, and he would blow out. And that tightens your abs like crazy. But again, you can try it at home, but really watch your dizziness. So don't stand up really quickly if you have any kind of vertigo or anything like that, or get lightheaded. But that's a great way of, you can even cramp up those abs and make the abdominals much, much stronger. So he was extremely creative, as are other prisoners. And a lot of them go out to the yard and use basketball hoops. They'll jump on a basketball hoop and do knee-ups for their abs. I've also seen a lot of pull-up bars in those yards. And a lot of times, prisoners will use another prisoner for resistance. For example, if one's doing a push-up, maybe another person can sit on their back for resistance, or maybe two people on the back for resistance. So there are many creative ways, even if you don't have proper equipment. You can always use your own body weight for calisthenics, body weight movements, and also just incorporating CrossFit exercises. You can always do the jump squats, the star jumps, flying lunges, high knees, the sky's the limit. So again, if you do not have proper equipment or proper gym, you can look at the creativity of these prisoners and how they get swole in their cells. And the lesson from Charles Bronson of Solitary Fitness, who recommended the 10 push-ups per day and adding, 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 it's all about progressive overload. Even if you don't have the proper equipment and it's your own body weight, you can add more each day, add more sets, add more reps. Even if you're doing three sets of 10, you can do four sets of 10 or three sets of 15 or 20. It's progressive overload that makes you get more intense, stronger, faster, and bigger if you'd like. If you were to want to try Charles Bronson's prison workout, 
This is what he recommends. You can begin day one with 10 of each on press-ups, sit-ups, squats, squat thrusts, burpees, star jumps, and step-ups. And then in, again, progressive overload, keep bumping up the numbers until on day 23, you're doing them to exhaustion. So that's a 23-day Charles Bronson workout, prison workout, and you may just feel a little more edgy and dangerous. And by the way, on dangerous, fun fact, fun tip for you. I recently read that more women prefer a man with a scar on his face than anything else. They find it to be a very sexy trait. And why is that? It's because it's barbaric. As women, we feel more protected. And I myself can definitely agree with that. A scar on a face just kind of shows danger, that you would be protected. Not that we can't protect ourselves, and believe me, ladies, we can protect ourselves. But there's just something about a man with a scar. That little edge, the bad boy thing. Raise your hand if you agree, ladies, or, and gents. But please don't be putting scars on your faces, gentlemen, to get women. That's not recommended. Now on to the eating regimens and diets in these prisons. And speaking of creativity, like we talked about before, unbelievable. There is a book called Prison Ramen, and it's all about some of the most interesting and creative recipes that you can make in the prison system. And the book is called Prison Ramen, and it will be in the notes of this podcast. Before I get into those creative recipes made by the prisoners in jail, I'd like to highlight a prison that had a special case in Montana. This took place in 2013 in the Butte-Silver-Bow County Jail in Montana. They had switched to a new menu under the direction of Food Services of America. Soon after, a group of 10 inmates contacted the local newspaper, claiming they were not getting enough to eat. Reporters found that meals at the jail averaged 2,031 calories per day. One reporter said, I think the prisoners eat better than some of the people on the streets. The jail supervisor at that time, named Mark Johnson, wanted to showcase to these reporters the lowest calorie meal, which was on Sunday, that the prisoners ate per week. This was labeled as the Marshall Project, and I'm going to showcase to you what they actually ate in a day on a Sunday. For breakfast, it would be a half a cup cream of wheat, three ounces of scrambled eggs, one slice of bread with margarine, coffee, milk, and juice usually pineapple juice. And the good thing was, there seemed to be protein in that, and then for the milk, that's great vitamin D and also calcium. For lunch, they would have a half a cup of green beans and one slice of whole wheat bread, a half a cup of mashed potatoes, three ounces of roast turkey, poultry, gravy, and a quarter cup of cornbread stuffing, and again, coffee. Coffee with every meal, which is awesome. Milk and margarine and one slice of apple cobbler. This is just an example of a lunch on a Sunday at, or for the Marshall Project in Montana. And finally for dinner, it would be one cup of tossed salad, one cup of chicken and dumplings, milk, again, coffee, and a half a cup of chilled apricots. That Sunday day of eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner was the lowest calorie day that these prisoners had at 1790. But on average, the daily caloric content each day during the week was 2,031. So in hindsight, these prisoners were being fed pretty well, but you never know what went on behind the scenes. Now let's move on to the creative diets that these prisoners have made and have come up with. 
And again, that book is called Prison Ramen. Now, if people are trying to bulk up in prison and trying to get really muscular, you need a lot of calories. So this is where buying, selling, trading comes in. But with this, with the recipes that they've come up with on the side and what they can buy at the commissary besides in the cafeteria, it's unbelievable. So let's start with coffee, morning coffee. They can make Starbucks lattes, and this is how it goes. Prisoners will utilize a jar or a mason jar, if you will, and they'll add instant coffee, one or two packets. And then they'll add milk, followed by syrup packets, because usually they would get them in the cafeteria for pancakes, waffles, or they could buy them at the commissary. So it would be instant coffee, milk, and add maple syrup. And then they would add water and shake it vigorously. Wait a, wait a few minutes and then run it under hot water and keep it under there for like five, 10 minutes, as hot as it can get. And that is a latte. Again, try to you know shake it as much as you can, or you can make it as an ice latte. So that's instant coffee, milk, pancake syrup. Brilliant. And that is the morning Starbucks latte. And yes, we know it's not an actual Starbucks latte, but I've tried it and it is the same thing. I encourage you to try it. It's really delicious. In getting their usual meals, they can take some of the ingredients from the meals to create other recipes of their own. And some of the things that they do get in jail, of course, are Danish, hot or cold cereal, milk, chicken, hamburgers, hot dogs, lasagna, burritos, tacos, and fish patties. But besides a prison latte, they can make their own pizza, their own nachos, their own cake, their own pruno. This is called the prison brew. This is prison wine. It's an al alcoholic liquid made from apples, oranges, fruit cocktail, ketchup, sugar, bread, and possibly other ingredients that we just don't know. Pruno originated in prisons where it can be produced cheaply, easily, and discreetly. And that again is Pruno, the prison brew. For these creative diets, ramen is the number one ingredient. Hence why that book is called Prison Ramen. Using ramen noodles, you can make almost everything. It's, it's crazy. So let's look at the burrito. This could be a lunch that a prisoner could make on the side. They would take a tortilla that they probably took from the cafeteria or one of their meals, and they would crush as many types of chips as possible. And these chips can be found in the commissary. They can get everything from Funyuns to sour cream and onion to Doritos to saltines to Ritz. And they will crush up all of these chips. And then they will add water and add the ramen noodles in addition to the ramen spices. And they'll put that in a big Doritos bag or any kind of bag that they can compact and constantly push down, mix up, and they'll put it inside this burrito. And it's, it's every bite you take, it's a different flavor of chip. So you have all of that in there for a delicious burrito. And one of my friends tried it and he said it was fabulous. Now next, pizza. You could make a pizza with the ramen and putting it in hot water and actually crushing it up in a bag, running it under that hot water and squeezing it together so it actually looks like pizza dough. Lay it out, microwave it as they do, and then put any types of things that they can find on the top of it. And ice cream. You can make ice cream, and I'm sure many of you have seen this as science experiments, but you take a bag and you put ice in it, just a ton of ice, 
And to make that ice colder, you need to add a lot of salt so that ice will chill very quickly and stay cold. And then you take another bag and you add milk. And to that milk, you want some flavoring. So people would have Kool-Aid mix, tang, maybe cocoa mix, like hot cocoa mix, and add that to that. And shake that and then put that in the other Ziploc bag with the ice and the salt. That would be the bag inside the bag. Obviously, it's not touching the salt. The salt is there to keep that ice cold. And keep it in there for 10 minutes and you have ice cream. A few more recipes I'd like to mention, and this comes from the source rainbowprintables.com on their prison food recipes. Now, the first one is called Pearl Day, and that is Orange is the New Black Cheesecake. If anybody's watched the show, they may have seen this, and that is just a no-bake cake made of crushed cookies and Kool-Aid-based frosting. This cheesecake is made of 12 cookies, cream cheese, honey, sugar, French vanilla creamer, and Kool-Aid. Also, prison pad thai. And again, said ramen noodles, that is the staple. So there's one package of ramen noodles, peanut butter, crushed peanuts, and hot sauce. That's prison pad thai. Next, you have a jailhouse whole burrito, which I mentioned before, and that was that that jalapeno ranch flavored popcorn seasoning, squeezable cheese, any kind of hot sauce, Cheetos, crushing it all up and using the ramen noodles to make that burrito. Also the prison tamales. That is made with a large bag of corn chips, cheese curls or processed cheese food, a meat stick, and a half a cup of warm water. And they put that all together. This next one is called Peas Don't Try This At Home Prison Surprise. And the recipe was made by Chef Boyer P. Prisoner. It was created because he doesn't want to use the ramen noodle seasoning. Instead, he opted to create a recipe that uses the most common commissary items of Doritos, Jack Mac, and hot sauce. So he used the ramen noodles and Doritos or Cheez-Its, Jack Mac or canned tuna, and hot sauce. Put that all together and you have the peas, don't try this at home, prison surprise. It looks delicious, looks like a big pasta dish. And prison menudo. Menudo or pancita is another traditional Mexican dish featured in this list. It's usually made of cow's tripe with chili paper base. The prison version of this recipe uses some interesting items and some prisons sell rice in bagged portions. So that would be a cup of tortilla chips, a quarter cup of bagged rice or a quarter bag of rice, summer sausage, pre-cooked chili with no beans, two packs of chili seasoning, a half a pickle, pickled juice, and three bags of pork rinds. Put it all together, and you've got delicious menudo soup. And also, that same peas, Chef Boyer P, came up with peas clean, clean hands sweet potato pie. And this was, again, the recipe by Albert Prodigy Johnson, prisoner, who goes by Chef P, Chef Boyer P. This recipe was inspired by a pie recipe from his fellow inmate Shakira, which is known as Shakira's Dirty Pie. Apparently Shakira made the pie without washing her hands. Of course, nobody was brave enough to try it, but it was a great source of inspiration for Prodigy or Chef Boyer P. And that is graham crackers, canned yams, sugar packets, honey packets, and butter packets, about five to six pieces. And finally, it looks delicious, Charlie's Butterscotch Brownies. The number of items, again, that you can get in the commissary shop is limited, but it's not surprising that candies are used for different prison recipes. Butterscotch candies, which everybody loves, is something that resembles butterscotch brownies, and that would be one pack of vanilla wafers or double fudge cookies, one whole bag of butterscotch candies, and two cups or more of hot cocoa powder. So that's a, another delicious dessert. And 
prison cake. This is a cake recipe that prison inmates usually make. Most of the ingredients are already baked goods. Perhaps the strangest ingredients added in the recipe are mayo. So take note, and the preparation is pretty unsightly. The ingredients are one pack of Chips Ahoy, one pack of Oreos, one carton of milk, one container of mayo. You crush the Chips Ahoy, cookies, and Oreos. You put all the baked crush, crushed cookies in a bowl. You continue breaking until the cookies are fine. You heat up a carton of milk and pour it in the mixture. Then you squeeze some mayo into the mix. A lot of people are actually afraid of mayo, so I wouldn't recommend this. And this helps hold the mixture together. And you microwave it for three to five minutes. And the picture looks rather interesting. You can watch it on YouTube. So that these are some more of the fun, crazy recipes that you can make in jail. So these prisoners have many options, but they're using their brains. So it just goes to show, if we don't have the resources, you can come up with things. And if you're doing a workout and you don't have the proper equipment, there isn't really an excuse. But also, it's very hard to get swole or really ripped in jail if you don't have the proper amount of calories. And Charles Bronson, for example, was working out so hard and eating so lean, he would eat up to 18 egg whites per day with soup and water but he was getting too lean while he was doing all those workouts. So then he added a lot more food, but you have to add a lot of calories in order to bulk up. But really, if you want to lean out, you've got a diet that you know is pretty restrictive if you want to, or you can make your own snacks on the side. And hence, that's where Solitary Fitness, the book by Charles Bronson and Prison Ramen came into play. And I am personally very thankful for that amazing learning because I think it's fascinating. Speaking of which, I want to highlight and showcase five of the most unhealthy death row last meals. What would you choose? Let me know. So taking round one, and this is the lowest calorie of the five. This was requested by Ted Bundy, and it was a standard last meal. His caloric content was 1601, and he requested sirloin steak, medium rare, eggs over easy, toast with butter and jam, orange juice, and milk. That doesn't seem too bad. Now on round two, this is Timothy McVeigh, and this is 2,240 calories. His simple request was two pints of mint chip ice cream. Now that would be my last choice in ice cream. I know that I would definitely do something with Chunky Monkey. It would have to be chocolate with as many toys in it as possible. And when I say toys, I mean like crushed up Snickers bars, Reese's bars, Reese's peanut butter chip, anything, chocolate chips, fudge, caramel, you name it. Yeah, two pints of mint chipped ice cream would not do it for me, but it did it for Timothy McVeigh at 2,240 calories. Last meal, the death row. Moving on to female prisoner on death row for round three. This is Kelly Renee Gizendaner at 5,225 calories. And Miss Kelly requested cornbread with a glass of buttermilk. Ugh, sounds horrible. Two Burger King Whoppers, absolutely, I would do the same thing. Two large orders of fries, cherry vanilla ice cream, popcorn, a salad with buttermilk dressing, and lemonade. And that comes in at 5,225 calories. Round four is John Wayne Gacy, John Gacy. His meal came in at 3,699 calories. He wanted a bucket of original recipe KFC. Would you do KFC or Popeyes? Curious. 12 fried shrimp, French fries, and one pound of strawberries. Interesting. 
And finally, round five, with the highest calorie content meal on death row that has ever been put into play, to our knowledge. And that is by criminal Lawrence Russell Brewer at 4,200 calories. He requested two chicken fried steaks, fried okra, a triple bacon cheeseburger, fajitas, a pound of barbecue, an entire meat lover's pizza, a pint of ice cream, what kind, you do not care, and a one big slab of peanut butter fudge. Well, I hear you on that, Sir Lawrence. Now here are a few interesting facts on last meals on death row. The first was, the first last meal recorded happened in 22 BC. And this was recorded in the Sumerian Code of Ernamu, saying that Roman gladiators were also treated to a large feast before they inevitably perished in the arena. So, nice of them. The second, the most requested meal on death row is a cheeseburger with fries or fried chicken. And surprisingly, most last meal plates are covered so other inmates can't see. And no one really knows why. Is it the jealousy? But why would you be jealous because that person's gonna die? I don't know, maybe it's just the food, I'm not sure. And third is the strangest last meal was requested by Victor Ferger. His last meal was a single olive with a pit in it. That's it. So I think that was sort of a stick it to him type of meal, I'm not sure. But maybe he just really loved simple things like an olive with a pit. Too bad he didn't have that martini. And finally, Texas recently abolished last meals when they thought it was getting out of hand. Lawrence Brewer's last meal was so large and lavish that it pushed lawmakers to abolish final meals in Texas. And worst, worst case, he didn't even eat it at all. So it was another sort of stick it to him from the prisoner. But you know what? Who's to judge? I certainly am not. Have you thought about your last meal on death row? This is what I would have. Definitely as much Russian food as I could get my hands on. It is the most nostalgic, most comforting food because of the way I grew up. I would definitely do Russian hulupka. I would definitely do borscht and as much fermented cabbage and meat as I could possibly get and most definitely vodka. Lots and vodka. But I don't think that's an option because I'm sure that every single person would have drank. Um, and if I could drink also, besides the vodka, it would be like a really fine scotch. But definitely Russian food would be number one. Number two would be sushi and sashimi of the most succulent and fatty kind. That would be from Blue Ribbon Sushi on Sullivan and Prince in Soho, right near my first apartment in New York City. Followed by a lot of options from Nobu. Then I would have a Burger King Whopper, of course. It would be the double Whopper. And pizza, that would be from Rocky Rococo in the Midwest. Of all the pizzas that I've had in the world, nothing compares to Rocky Rococo. I don't know why. And, gosh, there's so many things that I've had like that are fancy, but you know what? I would stick with the basics. And again, probably macaroni and cheese, Kraft, the blue, the blue box kind. And for dessert, the pièce de résistance, I would do said chunky monkey like I had said before and most definitely TGI Friday's chocolate molten cake. Two plates full. Definitely. I would die so peacefully and that is the way it would go. Coincidentally, one of my dear friends used to work on death row as a prison guard. 
on the East Coast, and I asked him, since he was so privy to it and close to it, what would you choose for your last meal if that were you? And he was very specific since he knows and has worked in the prisons. And he said, if it was the electric chair, I would do Mexican. If it was lethal injection, he'd do pasta. And if it was a firing squad, which doesn't happen, would be fish and chips. Very specific. Definitely he had thought about it before. Quite interesting. It doesn't compare to my meal, though, of chocolate milk and cake, sushi from Blue Ribbon Sushi, Rocky Rococo, TJ Fires. To wrap up, what are some takeaways from the prison workouts and diets? Well, you don't have to think of it as prisoner exclusive. These exercises entail simple to complicated calisthenics. Many will build from one level to another to achieve better form. And that is that progressive training of adding more sets, more reps, higher weights. If you were to hold a weight or just use your own body weight. And four things to take away. You should think like a prisoner in some ways. Think in terms of structured time, space, and equipment. Focus on what you have. When you realize that all it takes is 30 minutes a day to make a huge difference, you begin to realize just how lazy some of us are in America. Prisoners prove that all you need is a dinky bedroom and the willpower to get, get it done. And as I always recommend for people that are trying to get in shape, just start with 30 minutes a day of walking. It would be so easy to do 10 minutes after breakfast, 10 minutes after lunch, and 10 minutes after dinner. And that's 30 minutes a day of exercise. And then do progressive overload from there. Add maybe 10 more minutes to each time. And the more you build, the better you feel, and you get back in shape pretty quickly. You should also realize that there are menial things in your day that you can cut out in order to make time to work out. Think about, you know, how long you maybe sit on Netflix and or carpooling, but that's probably not your fault. But look at the time that you spend per day, and maybe it's a lot of perusing on YouTube or Instagram. And maybe you can do that while you're walking or on the, on the elliptical machine. You know, just look at your day and where you could possibly be wasting time to add something in the workout. Be sure to be thankful for any gym memberships that you can afford and advantages that we do have that gives you the edge on these prisoners. A simple pull-up bar can do wonders. And finally, create a structured diet that is predictable, but certainly not boring. Keep it lean and know the number of calories and macros you're eating. I'll put a guide for pre, during, and post-workout in the podcast notes. So all in all, it's very interesting to see what the prisoners do for workouts and diets. And we do so love the popularity of these prison shows and movies. It's so interesting. And some of these cases are just so scary in the fact that many of them are innocent. And the podcast I did last week was on, or two weeks ago, was on Tracy Lamori and how she was able to get a prisoner out of a Philly prison who was innocent the entire time. He had supposedly murdered a girl that he had never even heard of. It was all based on a rumor. And now he's seeing R&B Today and was at Capitol Records last week. And I'm so proud of him and the work that Tracy Lamori did. So, prison workouts and diets, I encourage you to try it. Stay dangerous, but not that dangerous. And get the book, Solitary Fitness and Prison Ramen. It might give you some interesting recipes and insight. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I will be incorporating some of these prison workouts at home. 
while healing from a broken leg and arm. One step at a time. That's what I know and do every day. And boy, do I know solitary fitness because when I broke myself down last January 2020, I was in solitary fitness in my apartment with my Peloton that I could barely use, but I had weights. So I was able to do many creative things. And there were also chair workouts. I had looked on YouTube and found chair workouts that I could use one arm and one leg to work out from a chair. And I did realize that the more body movements you make, it's almost like you're manipulating the other leg to get stronger and other arm to get stronger. So look at all the creative ways. You can do it while you're watching TV. Simple, simple things. So thank you again so much for joining me today on the Prison Diets and Workouts. We appreciate you for listening, and please subscribe and like the show on iTunes. You can also listen on Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Luminary Tuned In, or Bleep.com. You can reach out to me for any questions or topics you'd like covered on the show at Ann McDaniels or at Ann McDaniels Actress. And I'll see you next time, hopefully not in prison, on so Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.